The Bible says that everyone knows that God created because of what he created. Atheists say there's no evidence of this. So who's right? God's amazing design today on Creation Magazine Live. It's reasonable and logical to be a Christian, and we'll discuss yet another reason why on today's podcast. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. I'm Richard Fangrad. And I'm Calvin Smith. Today on Creation Magazine Live, we're going to talk about amazing design that we mm -hmm. see all around us. Romans, in the, in the first chapter of Romans, very famous verse, verse 20, says that everyone knows that there's a God, that there's a creator because of the design in his creation. That's right. Um, some people profess to be atheists, but actually sure. the Bible reveals there's no one that's a true atheist because everyone knows there's a God. If they say there's no God, uh, they're suppressing that knowledge that God exists because of their unrighteousness. And if you uh, take a look at the human body, for example, just look at our athletes. Look at the design. Look at this, this flesh we inhabit, this, this mechanism that houses us basically. It's obvious. Um, that we're designed. It's just a very obvious thing in our hands and what we can do. It's just, it's very, very obvious. Right, yeah. Of course, naturalists say that uh, the, the equation to get us here is matter plus energy plus time equals life. There's no creator involved. Right. There's no... No intelligence. It, it's just apparent design, you see. That's it, right. There's not real design. It just looks designed. Even famous so. atheist Richard Dawkins, of course, he said this, biology is the study of complicated things that have given the appearance uh, that give the appearance of having been designed for a purpose. So he's saying, well, we're not really designed. We look designed, but we're not designed. Yeah, so Dawkins, Dawkins, it's interesting. He sees the, he calls it the appearance of design. Right. He can see what Romans 1.20 says is plainly there for everyone to see. Right. But he's trying to explain it away. Exactly, exactly. And of course, we've uh, had... Uh, examples, if you want to know why this isn't true, uh, we've had a couple of Creation yeah, Magazine live shows. We did that, past shows on that. Yeah. If you look at, uh, at Season 1, um, Episodes 3 and 4 of Creation right. Magazine Live, you can watch that on creation.com. Or uh, uh, Season 2, if you look at Show um, uh, 2, actually. Right. Uh, we go into the specifics of you know, why these evolutionary mechanisms don't actually yeah, work. a lot more details um, there. As a matter of fact, now, evolutionists are actually saying that uh, there's uh, evidence of Bad design. This is unintelligent design, right? Yeah, We've so got we all these, that, yeah. these defects in our, in our, you know, weak backs, and and uh, you know, a designer wouldn't have designed our backs that way, or, or you know, our wisdom teeth don't fit. So this is evidence that we haven't been designed because it's it's bad design. Right. Of course, that's a terrible argument against design. Right. Um, if you look at two different designs of tanks, for example, the, World War Two, World War Two tanks. You've yeah. got the Panther, the Panzer tank there, and the Sherman tank. Uh, well, the, the the Panther was a much better design than the Sherman, but that yeah. that that doesn't mean that one of the tanks wasn't designed. Right. It's it, <laughs> yeah, I would have much rather been in the Panther if I had a choice uh, than the Sherman. But yeah, no one's saying well. Well, the Sherman, therefore, was not designed because perhaps it hadn't been designed as optimally as yeah, it could. Yeah, so it's a terrible ar argument against design. That's right. Really what this argument is, is it's an argument against the designer, you know, and, uh, and really it ignores the history of the Bible. That's the problem. You know, many people will say, well, we, we need to promote intelligent design, but that actually fails in, in a certain capacity because without the true history of the Bible, the fact that God created a perfect world and has degenerated since then because of sin and death entering into the creation. Um, without that history, it, it's hard to, to know why. Why do we see evidence of design and beauty in this world, but also the bad things? Right. Genesis is incredibly important. Yes. To, I mean, to, to some extent, we can explain bad design because we live in a sin-cursed world. We've seen 6,000 right. years of, of de degenerative changes. Exactly. Now, there have been many brilliant 
design advocates in the past, like right. Plato, Aristotle, Sir Isaac Newton, William Paley, and the list goes on and on and on. Right. I mean, many of the great scientists of the past, they were creationists. They obviously right. saw the evidence for design. We, we hear this all the time from people saying, oh, well, you're creationists. You know, no true scientist could be a creationist, et cetera, yes, et cetera. Yes. But if you look at what our, the whole scientific foundation in the Western world was based on, look at the list of people that were creationists that believed in God and that were just brilliant scientists, that, that really doesn't work at all. Right. Now, some would argue that the, the concept of design, that's just a religious argument. Right. That no, no, you know, no real science behind it, but you think about it. Let's say some scientists went into a cave and, and they found like a circle of stones and some charred wood in there and they found some pointy, pointy uh, you know, rocks, okay. looked like arrowheads and maybe some, uh, you know, some stuff on the wall. I mean, what would they conclude because of the evidence that they saw? They'd conclude perhaps that the intelligent humanoids were in the cave, something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, they can make that conclusion based on the intelligent design that they see. Sure. So it's, see, it's not that the evolutionists and atheists uh, don't want to admit design. They just don't want to admit the grand designer, a belief in God. Because as soon as they believe, they admit there's a God, you're responsible to them. Most people can recognize evidence for design. Now, right. Why is it, you see a lot of this on YouTube comments, that atheists are constantly saying, well, where's the design? Where's the design? Show, Where, me, show me design. Where's the evidence? Well, S.C. Todd in uh, Nature magazine gives a good reason why uh, a lot of evolutionists can't see design. He said, even if all the data point to an intelligent designer, such a hypothesis is excluded from science because it's not naturalistic. Well, guess what? If, if you're going to load the game that way, you could never find evidence of design yeah. in anything. You're never going to get there. Really what it comes down to is can does the end result is the end result of what you're seeing is it is it because of the natural properties of whatever the the matter or, or, or whatever you're looking at i mean right. if you look at a rock face that rock face is never going to get eroded by wind and water to turn into some rock faces uh -huh. for example <laughs> Uh, so obviously somebody added intelligence to the rock because rock does not contain information for dead presidents. Yeah, and everybody recognizes that that's, that's information that's, that's been designed, those faces there on, right. on Mount Rushmore. Yep. In the same way, we recognize that an arrowhead has been designed. Right. right? You, see a, you see here an arrowhead and another piece of rock. The softer parts of the rock would naturally be eroded more than the harder parts, but in the arrowhead... The cuts go across the soft and, part, soft and hard parts equally. Right. So it's been designed. Um, you know, now evolutionists will say, no, 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 you know, there are natural properties in matter that can give design. And, and in okay. certain yeah. examples, uh, you know, you would say, well, they're right. For example, they like to point to crystals and snowflakes, for example. And yes. you look at a snowflake, you go, wow, that looks beautifully designed. But the fact is, there are natural properties in, you know, water as it's crystallizing here. Uh, it's like, it, it has no, um, th there's no way it couldn't turn out something like this because of the, ch the, the chemical properties, the natural properties that are, the, are there, there. Yes. But now we can look at another design. Uh, yeah. That, that looks like a snowflake. It, it does. It's a doily that, uh, that uh, my grandmother might have made, or sort of your grandmother or something <laughs> right? like that. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it looks like a snowflake, but what you see there that's not the natural configuration of wool or cotton or silk or whatever it's composed of. That is of. right. That, 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 those things, those natural, uh, that, that matter, could turn it into an infinite number of possibilities, right? right? It could spell your name and that, and that kind of thing. That's right. Yep. So really what it comes down to is um, there's something that appears designed, something that is designed. If something's been designed, what it means is the information in the parts that make it up are greater then so the end result the information is greater than the information in the parts that 
uh, it originated right. from. Yeah. Right. Like a computer. If we think of computers, I mean, we're all familiar with computers nowadays. Right. Uh, computers are composed of, if we break it down into uh, rocks, the metals that, that come from rocks, right. some sand, and you know, silicon uh, chips, IC, silicon chips yeah. that kind of thing, and petroleum products, that's right. plastics, you know, and things like that. Right. Well, the, you, you can't get a computer by just taking those parts. You need intelligence. You need design to go right. in and, and make those parts yeah, do you, what you're going to do. You're not going to take rocks and, and, and petroleum products and sand and zap it with random energy for five billion years right. and have it yeah. turn into a computer, right? Um, we see example of, of, of design everywhere, and that's what the Bible says. You can tell by what God created, you know there's a creator. Right. And I love using this example of this plant called a bee orchid. And of course, uh, you look at the bee orchid, and there's an obvious reason why it's called a bee orchid. It looks like a bee. It's shaped like a bee. It's got the coloration of a bee. It's, yeah, it's amazing. It, it's fuzzy yeah. like a bee. You know, bees are kind of fuzzy. Yeah. And uh, how these plants reproduce is phenomenal, because not only does it look and shaped and colored like a bee, it smells like a bee. It smells like a female bee in heat every now and then, and that's part of the reproductive process oh. here. Um, so it attracts bees. That's what it wow. does. If you, if you look at the <laughs> schematic of this bee, and of course it was a PG show here, so we'll just, we'll just keep it simple, but the, these plants have both male and female parts, okay? So if you look at the schematic of a bee orchid here, you see the bottom part, the labellum, that looks and smells and feels like a female bee. And then uh, you see this um, thing called the pollinia. It's got the, the shaft with the seed in it. So. When these plants uh, reproduce, what happens is Mr. Bee's flying along one day, and he, you know, goes, hmm, nice perfume, and he, he lands on what he thinks is a female <laughs> bee, right? And, and But the way he mounts it, because when he lands, his head bumps into this pollinia, this shaft, and so this thing goes, and it sticks to his head. It's got, it's got glue on it. Unicorn bee. Yeah. And so he backs off. He's got this thing stuck to his head. He's going, what's, what's her deal, right? But uh, this, this thing has this, this mechanism in it that bends it down. So he's got this bent thing on his head. But you know, guys, one track mind, he's like, hey, perfume. <laughs> so he goes and he lands on what he thinks is another female bee. And this thing inserts itself perfectly into the, the plant. And that's how these plants get pollination. reproduce. Awesome. How do you evolve that? How does a plant with no brain know how to shape and make itself smell like a female bee? Incredible. Now, we recognize design, in, in, in some cases, when the probability of a particular outcome has been tampered with. Right. For example, winning the lottery. If we were to you know, if you play the lottery, uh, if you win the lottery five times in a row, something there has been <laughs> tweaked. The probabilities right. have been modified, and that, that should tip us off that something there isn't happening naturally. Right. It's, there's been some design. It's been rigged. Right. It's been rigged. Interesting yeah. example in the last Star Trek movie, and uh, for you truckers out there. But you know, in, in the movie, there's, there's this test that all captains have to take, right? And uh, it's a particularly funny scene. You, you see uh, you know, Captain Kirk there, and he, and he goes on, and he's gonna take this unwinnable test. It's a test designed that no one can win it. Right. And yep. so halfway through the test, uh, everything starts going really well. He starts acting very nonchalant. He's eating an apple. He sits down, and he wins the scenario. And if you remember the scene, the, the people who've designed the test instantly recognize, wait a sec, something, Something's up here. It, 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 it's it, it's it's all supposed to be going one way, and and then how could this be that right. we just turn around? So the like probabilities this? have been tampered with in it, some way. Exactly. And we can think of the same. It's, if you flip a coin, if you have a coin, and you uh, you flip the coin a hundred times, and it comes up heads every single time. You know that something, some somehow, it's been modified. Right. right. That, uh, because the beyond its natural properties. Right. Because the natural properties. If you took uh, you know matter, which is the coin, and, and energy, which is the throw, and you give it, you know, you just kept doing it over and over. You're going to get 50-50. You're not going to get a hundred. But right. if you get a hundred, 
obviously somebody's jury rigged it. You know, we, we see the same type of tinkering when we look in, uh, you know, the natural properties of things that make up um, living things, for example. You know, evolutionists were really excited when they did these, uh, you know, the famous Miller-Urey experiment. Yes, back they, in the 50s. You know, and they, they were able to create amino acids from this, you know, just some, some basic compounds and they zapped it with energy. And so amino acids are important for building proteins. But the problem is, in nearly all these origin of life experiments, the amino acids came out to be an equal mixture of left and right-handed. So it's, it's kind of like the coin. Yeah. If you flip it, you know, you, you get a good balance of right. it. But there's a problem with life. I mean, amino acids that come in left and right-handed forms. Right. Life appears to have been tweaked that only the, the amino acids are all left-handed, sugars are all right-handed. Right. So... so we look at life, and it appears that the probabilities there have been tweaked, which is an evidence for design. Right, Things natural. Have been it's yeah. not natural. Natural processes, yeah. you know, make left and right handed. So, um, you know, there are actually some scientists that were awarded a Nobel Prize. Uh, three scientists in 2001 won the Nobel Prize because they, they had a, a process to deliberately make one type of, of molecule. Okay. Well, obviously, if, if being able to make only one type of molecule was worthy of a Nobel Prize, obviously that, that's something that required a lot of intelligent design. Yeah, more and more now we're seeing from scientists statements uh, that design is obvious in living things. Right. Uh, for example, D.L. Abel, uh, writing in the International Journal of Molecular Sciences, says to stem the growing swell of intelligent design intrusions, it is imperative that we provide standalone natural processes natural process evidence of non-trivial self-organization at the edge of chaos. We must demonstrate on sound scientific grounds the formal compatibilities and naturally occurring physiocodynamic complexity. Did I say that right? It's <laughs> not a word you use every day. He continues, at the same time, we have spent much of the last century arguing to the lay community mm. that we have proved the current biological paradigm. Unfortunately, he says, few, very few in the scientific community seem critical of this indiscretion. One would think that if all this evidence is so abundant, it would be quick and easy to falsify the null hypothesis put forward above. That's right. And then he says, science has an obligation to be honest about what the entire body of evidence clearly suggests. We can't just keep endlessly labeling abundant evidence of formal prescription in nature apparent. The fact of purposeful programming at multiple layers gets more apparent with each issue of virtually every molecular biological journal. What's he just admitted? Amazing. Yeah. You see amazing design. The, the fact is we've, we've been telling the public that, that we've proven the current uh, biological paradigm, which is right. evolution, which is not true. It's, it, we haven't proven it at all. It, it should be easy to, uh, to dismiss the, the concept of design if all the evidence is there to, to right. prove it. <laughs> He's admitted all of these things. Living things exhibit design because they contain a coded language uh, in the DNA. Right. And we've talked about this many times before, and that's an evidence for design, DNA. Right, because coded systems have always been shown to come from an intelligent mind. Information comes from an intelligent mind. Right. And what's interesting, you know, if you want to be an atheist, um, you actually have to believe that not only did matter create a code system, but think about it, it also had to create a translation device at the same time for that particular code system. I mean, uh, anybody that's uh, listening out there that can understand English today can understand what we say. We're yes, speaking a yes. code, we're transmitting a, a signal. But, you know, if you, you're out there and you don't speak English, we're just 
talking gibberish, it's right? Just sound. It's just yeah. sounds, no just noises and stuff like that. So to be an atheist, you actually have to believe matter created an information coded system plus a translation device for that particular code just to get your uh, belief system off the ground, which is... Uh, not really sound, right. actually. Yeah. And we've talked in the past uh, on, on the, this show and Genesis Unleashed and so on about how the complexity of DNA. Right. And the complexity of DNA, as, as scientists continue to study it, it just gets more and more complex all the time. It's incredible. It really does. I mean, you know, they used to think that DNA was like a linear code. Right. You know? So, you know, for example, if you... Uh, um, you know, you went from one, one let's say you've got all the DNA letters, right? Four chemical letters, you spell them out in three-letter words, codons, and, and they used to just think that you'd read them, you know, from here to here, let's say it'd code for something. So let's right. say something like your hair color, for example. And by the way, you're not going to find this in a biology textbook. This is just for <laughs> illustrative purposes. And then they'd say, okay, well, you know, but if you go from here to here, maybe that codes for something like your toenail or, or something okay, like yeah. that. Yeah, just as an example. But what they found now is that actually it overlaps, so if you start reading from here to here, it means one thing. But if you start reading from here to here, it means something completely different. With, you know, th that's, that's called data compression, right? Yes. It, 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 if you're working in the computer world, that's phenomenally difficult. Now what they found is actually you can read the DNA in the opposite direction, overlapping the other bits of information. So multiple layers of coding. They think even the way it's, it's wrapped up, maybe there's cross-coding going yes, on. Yes, yeah, the just, physical way it's wrapped together. Just, just phenomenal. It's amazing. And, and they now know that the, there are codes within codes right. in living things. Scientists have, uh, have determined that 3% you know, of our DNA codes for genes, and they used to think that the remaining 97% was, was junk DNA, that which was is popular years ago. Totally debunked. And Yes. The remaining 97%, it seems, is information that cells need to turn the protein coding portions into a functional living system like right. a human being. It's what they call meta-information. Right. You know, if you're going to bake a cake, right, and you, you open up your recipe book, it's going to have a list of ingredients, you know, so you got to get some eggs and some flour and all that kind of stuff. But see, on the opposite page, you're going to find meta-information. To turn your oven to this temperature. Uh, you know, mix the liquids first. Mix all your, you know, do, do it in That's meta information. Right, to what to, what to do with the physical structures. That's right. right. And again, you need to point out that not only do these genes, these, these proteins uh, um, have to evolve, but the, the right meta information for those things would have to evolve simultaneously. I mean, here on the, on the screen, I've got a cake, but then I've got uh, the meta information to how to put a motor together. Well, that's not going to fly. You need the right. You need meta information as to as the, the specific, you know, parts in the cake. That's the meta information you need. So again, just amazing complexity. Yes, right? and it's and it's even more complex than that. Right. Uh, decades ago, it was this this you know one one gene one protein type of thing, and uh, or one 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 enzyme that that kind of thing. But and, and that seemed very straightforward. Right. But. However, there's approximately 20 to 25,000 protein coding genes in the human genome used to create between 100,000 and 300,000 distinct proteins. Right. So, well, obviously that doesn't work. Right. So they're talking about now gene splicing, right? So that's, uh, that's an example where you'd get uh, you know, a piece of information. I've got just as an analogy here. And what happens is gene splicing is, is where you take parts um, 
you know, from, from certain things and you recombine them right. to create other th bits of information. So in my example here, I've got a string of letters and, uh, you know, gene splicing, you take your, your, your scissors and you, you, you cut out those parts. Well, see, now I've got functional information, Okay. right? Yep. But if I take the same uh, stream of letters and I do gene splicing or uh, splice that information out, I can get a completely different bit of information from the exact same database. So incredibly complex things we're seeing in DNA. Yes. Uh, Charles Darwin looked at the peacock and he said this, the, uh, the sight of a feather in a peacock's tail, whenever I gaze at it, makes me sick. <laughs> now, why, would, why would he say that? Right. The reason he'd say that is because it's so obvious that God created. And right, if you want to be an atheist, you want to say there's no God, that's what he's saying. That's so obvious that it's designed. It makes me sick because it, it, it's just like God saying, hey, I'm here. You can't ignore me. I created. Now, unfortunately, naturalists, uh, for naturalists, creation reveals design at, at, at every turn. Right. Uh, we can look at an example of um, motion camouflage. Mm. This, is, this is just phenomenal design, and there's a, there's a human you know, counterpart engineers have worked on this. And right. Mo look at the dragonfly, yeah. for Pe example. People are familiar with camouflage, but yes. motion camouflage from, uh, from dragonflies is just amazing because these are the world's fastest insects, right? They, they can, like, turn on a dime, literally. It's just, just phenomenal. Uh, they can reach speeds up to 60 miles per hour. And, and they have motion camouflage is a, is a situation where um, basically you have to keep a certain perspective, uh, you know, to, to the prey. Um, so, for example, let's say you're driving along in a car and you look immediately beside you, you see everything rushing past very quickly. But if you look off in the distance where there's a hill there, it basically seems to maintain, be motionless. Right. Now, if, if somebody was to come, be coming towards you in the car, uh, you're going to notice the change in angle unless they position themselves very specifically and travel along with you at the same time you're not really going to notice them coming towards you. The size is going to get bigger, right, as you come towards you. But you're not going to notice this zigging and zagging. And this is what the dragonfly is doing this, to capture its prey. Not only that, so. but you've got to think, this isn't just in a straight line. The flies are doing this and buzzing around, and these, these dragonflies are doing this, and all the flies notices is, hey, that thing's getting bigger, and then they're lunch. Yeah. Just phenomenal uh, design. And, and uh, you know, the, the level of sophistication that... Uh, um, you know, like for example, new scientists described it this way. They said dragonflies overshadow their enemies in complex maneuvers that military fighter pilots can only dream of. It demands exquisite position, sensing, and control. So they're actually right. yeah, yeah. using this in, in missile applications now, motion camouflage to try to. Um, That's incredible. And anybody would look at that and, uh, okay, so there's a military application. It's obviously designed. We're designing missile systems to do this, to mimic what right. the dragonfly does. It's, it's extremely illogical to say that, okay, well, obviously that's designed. Our engineers are building this system. Right. And then look at life, look at what the dragonfly does, and say, well, there's no evidence for design there. Right. <laughs> because if, if we'd come up with motion camouflage first, which we didn't, Right? And then we, oh, we came up with this, our brilliant scientists. And then we look at the dragonfly and say, hey, these things have it too. Why would you say this isn't designed and why would you say this is? It's a bias because it's an anti-God right. yeah. position. And that's the, that's the kind of thing that convinced Anthony Flew, a very famous atheist. Uh, uh, he died a number of years ago, but uh, he, he, was, he was an atheist. The he most became a Christian. Very famous, yeah. Actually, he never accepted yeah, yeah, Christ. Well, he never became a Christian, sorry. That's right. He, uh, he just said that, yeah, the evidence for, you know, in, in life, in, in, the, the evidence of design is enough to make him convinced yeah, that there... he became a theist. God. That's right. Right. And uh, that's why he wrote this book, um, which really drove um, 
atheist crazy when he said there is a God. And I mean, he was very famous <laughs> for arguing. He, he, he had debates with famous uh, uh, Christian uh, theists and stuff like that. Um, and though he never accepted Christ, he actually said, I would say the claim concerning the resurrection is more impressive than any of the other religious competition. So great evidence of design and great evidence that Christ is the creator. That's right. You've been listening to the podcast version of Creation Magazine Live, produced by Creation Ministries International. With offices internationally and more scientists on staff than any Christian ministry, you can find loads of faith-supporting articles on our massive website, creation.com. Check it out. 